0: You may have doubts this morning, too, and that's all right. Church isn't just for people who've got it all together and know everything they need to know. Uh, I've been on this faith journey for decades now, and I don't know everything I need to know. God's still working on me. But one of the weirdest things that we have to understand about the resurrection is that nobody expected it. That's what's crazy. He'd been telling them, For years, and even his closest followers didn't believe it. (laughs) They didn't believe it. And there's so much symbolism in what he did and why he did it. But we're going to talk a little bit through the the scriptures from Luke chapter 24, and and you can join me there if you want to. But I think one of the most powerful things that we have to understand about what Jesus did was from a great story I heard where. Uh, father and his little girl were traveling. They were driving down the road, and a, a big bumblebee got in the car. And the little girl deathly afraid of, of bees. She had been stung before, and so it's buzzing around in the car, and father pulls off, and he manages to trap the, the bee up against the, up the window, but he couldn't smash it in time. And And she's having a fit, and and he lets go of the bee, and she's screaming, Dad, Dad, the bee, it's gonna get me, it's gonna get me. And he said, no, it, it can't hurt you anymore. And she goes, yeah, it's gonna sting me. He says, no, you don't understand. I've, I've got the stinger right here in my hand. And that's what Jesus did for us. He took the sting out of death. And I know many of you may be questioned, well, then why do people still die? Well, there's a physical death and then there's a resurrection, just like Jesus Christ, is that we all have an appointed time, that we all are going to get older, we're going to stop breathing this air, and someday we'll breathe different air. We'll come alive and be alive forevermore. But I want to take you through this story that is so incredible that I think sometimes we hear a lot about it, we celebrate it. but. We've got to walk through this with with the eyes of the first century believers of of what they thought and what was going on. Like I said, nobody expected nobody. (laughs) When that tomb was empty, they didn't know what to make of that. The people that had crucified Jesus didn't know what to make of it. The people that followed Jesus didn't know what to make of it. The people that had guarded the tomb didn't know what to make of it. Nobody knew what to expect because nobody expected nobody. But before we get caught up in this, I just want to point something out here about this resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, because that's who we're talking about today, is the centerpiece of faith for Christians. And maybe you're saying, you know, every time I come to church, you're talking about Easter. Well, maybe it's because you haven't been with us for a year. Or, you know, every time I come around Christmas, you're talking about the birth of Jesus. Well, maybe... Those are, the, those are the times of year that we talk about these two things. And, and so I invite you to come back and hear another story about Jesus next week. And don't feel guilty. Again, hey, I'm glad you're here. But the, he is the centerpiece because if it had just stopped at the cross, there'd be nothing to be celebrating this morning. It would have just been a death. But the fact that there wasn't just a death, But that he came alive again means that if he said what he meant and he did it, that's a guy I can trust. And so if he said we can come back from the dead and then proved it by doing it himself, I'll follow that guy. And you can follow that as well. But I think we get hung up in all the stuff that can happen around church and what people discuss and believe, but I'll tell you, at the centerpiece of our faith as Christians, the resurrection is the centerpiece. It's what makes the difference of everything together. And this fact alone connects us to every other believer everywhere. We can believe in Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Many people believe different things, but all of us as believers believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that single thing alone can make us family and make us come together and we can have a common bond. I mean, you think about going to a Mariners game. You come from wherever you come from, from wherever you, you grew up from, wherever your job is, wherever you live, and, and yet you come, and you've only got one thing in common. You come to watch the Mariners lose. I mean, to play a game, right? <laughs> and just that one thing brings you all together to cheer and to have a great time and and to have a common interest and a common connection, and yet so many different people, different nations, different languages, different everything, and yet that one simple thing can bring everybody together the same as it can in church. But let's take a look at this story this morning. Luke 24, beginning with verse 1. It should be on the screen for you if you don't have it dialed up on your phone or, or you've never read it before. Now, On the first day of the week very early in the morning, this is after the crucifixion, this is, all of that's happened, and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, but they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. They, they definitely didn't expect that. Then they went in, and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to focus on that right now. What they didn't find... Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance of things not seen. And that sounds crazy, but we can have faith in what they did not find. They did not find him. And because they did not find him, it means he was alive and well. And you may say to yourself, well, big deal. See, the thing is, I actually heard somebody say this on the radio this week, that Jesus cheated death. I've cheated death. I've been so close to death that because of my own stupidity, I'm lucky to be standing here. Anybody else this morning? You've had those moments where you thought, man, I could have died. I should have died. That's cheating death. He didn't cheat death. He demolished death. He defeated death. He vanquished death. He didn't cheat it. He took it out altogether. And we can never minimize that we cheated death. He didn't cheat it. He destroyed it. But they didn't find his body. Verse 3, they went in, they did not find the body, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed. They couldn't figure this out. Now think about this. He'd been telling them for days and days and weeks and weeks, I'm going to go, I'm going to fall into the hands of sinful men, I'm going to be killed, and on the third day I'm going to raise again. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And yet here it is, the third day, and what's going on? They're greatly perplexed. Why are they so perplexed? I've been telling you this forever. Because just because you heard it doesn't mean you believe it. How many of us? You've heard stuff, right? If you've got kids, you know that that works, right? You told them something, but they didn't believe you. <laughs> they didn't hear you, or they didn't want to hear you. And then you say, I told you. Yeah, mom. Yeah. You know, I get it, but they don't get it. And so if you still haven't gotten it, that's okay. Come anyway. Find out what you don't yet know. Look what else happened here. All of a sudden, this miraculous thing happens. Two men stood by them in shining garments, and if you read the rest of the Scripture, you find out these are angels that show up, and blam, they're right there. Didn't know how they showed up. They just showed up. They became afraid, and they bowed their faces down to the ground. They, they couldn't even look at them. And these men say to them a great phrase, that maybe you've been in church, you've heard this a long time. Why are you seeking the living among the dead. That's a question I'd ask you right here on this spot. What are you looking for? If you're looking for dead religion, you're in the wrong church. If you're looking for something from the past or some set of rules or a list of do's and don'ts, you're in the wrong church. That's not what this is about. Jesus is the God of the living. He is a living, breathing God, and He moves and lives and loves living, breathing people. He doesn't love the rules. He loves people. He didn't die for the rules. He died for people. He didn't raise again so that we could have a moral superiority or have a a new set of standards. He rose so that you and I would have hope and that we could know the love that Jesus can give us. And it didn't make us perfect, and it won't make us perfect until he comes back to get us. But he started a process where we should be asking ourselves, What am I looking for? And maybe you're looking for the dead. But the angels answered that question for him because you know what they came looking for? They came looking for the dead body of Jesus. They came looking for some proof. They came looking for some fact. And fact is, he wasn't there. And that's where faith kicks in. And maybe you're saying, well, you prove this. I can't prove anything. That's where faith kicks in. You believe it because you believe it. Just like you believe Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Great Pumpkin, whatever it is that you say you believe in, a lot of times there's no proof. You just believe it because you believe it. And you saw that on the video. There doesn't have to be any physical findings. Mothers, you know you love your children, but yet there's no scientific data to prove you love your child. And this love is not some random chemoreceptor that flows through our body. This is the very faith and the promise of Jesus Christ. says, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Great question. Verse 6, He's not here. He's not where the dead are at. He is risen. And this is what we're celebrating. We're not celebrating a day. We're celebrating a person. We're celebrating an action. We're celebrating that God overcame death through the person of Jesus Christ. And He tells these women, look what He says, remember what He spoke to you? He's told you this. He said this again and again. And if you've been in church forever, you've heard the words of Jesus. You've heard the Scriptures tell you, you're forgiven. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. But that, just because you heard it, doesn't mean you actually believe it at the time. Remember what He said to you? That was a good point for them to maybe think back. Verse 7, they said, the Son of Man, He had to be delivered in the hands of sinful men. That happened. He had to be crucified. That happened. And on the third day, rise again. Do you remember Him saying that to you? Look at this, verse 8. And when they got told again, what, did that, what happened? Then they remembered. <laughs> you see, they were caught up in their stuff. They were caught up in, this can't be the way that it goes. This can't be how this ends. We saw Him, just this brutal thing happened to him. This this can't be the end. And they were caught up in all the mess, and they forgot what Jesus said. Just like happens to you and me. You can know all the Scripture you need to know, but you get caught up in mess, and sometimes it's not in there anymore. All you feel is a mess. But I'm here to tell you, that's why we have this thing called the Bible, to remind us of what he said. So that people like me can remind you That, yeah, the mess is there, but let's remember what he said. And what he said was powerful. They remembered his words, and they returned from the tomb, and they told all these things to the eleven. Look at this. The disciples, the people who had been following him for three years, they wouldn't even go to the tomb. They were just sitting in the house, sulking, feeling like it had all ended, hiding, worried, afraid. They didn't believe he was coming back. But these ladies said, We got to go. But if you caught the beginning, they didn't go to meet a risen Jesus. They brought the spices to prepare for a body. No faith at all. And so maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, I don't have any faith. I just came because grandma invited me. Awesome. I'm glad you're here. That's the first step. Just showing up is the first step, just daring to believe. That's the first step. You don't have to know it all. You have to get it all, and you may have lots of questions. Great. That's the place to start. I had lots of questions. I bugged the life out of my wife. Question after question after question after question. Prove this. Prove this. Prove that. Prove this. I don't know how she put up with me. I don't know why she still puts up with me. But you know what I learned, especially from a guy that grew up believing in science on a nursing path? There are some things you have to accept by faith. And you can't prove it. And you'll never see it. You just accept it. That's what faith is all about. They went to the tomb. They go back and they tell the eleven, verse 10, Mary Magdalene. And again, they're giving specific ladies so that we can see that specific people did specific things so that we can say it's fact, not just a story. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. They go back and tell them to the other apostles. Look at verse 11. Isn't this great? I mean, how stupid are these guys? They hear this story... Even though Jesus had told them over and over and over again, and that said that their words seemed like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Now, what would be the purpose of these women making up this story? Sounds like a fairy tale to me. Have you ever heard anybody say that about the Bible? Or about Jesus or about your faith it sounds like a fairy tale. Those are just stories written by people. That's just some religion used to control people. It's just that's just that's just guys selling telling stuff. If that's what you believe, guess what? You're in good company. That's what the disciples thought, too. <laughs> you guys are just telling stories. We watched him die, we saw him bleed. We know he died. We saw them take the body off the cross. We saw them march him to a tomb and seal it. The dude was dead. Why are you telling stories? But then something interesting happened. A man sitting there who had more boldness than brains named Peter. Peter's a great great person inspire your faith in the Bible. Peter was not a religious man. Peter was not the brightest of the bright. Peter was a fisherman. And if you don't know about it in those days, there was no rod and reel. All it took to be a fisherman was to take a a big web-shaped net and throw it into the water and pull it back in. Not a lot of on-the-job training. Didn't require higher education. But this is also the man that wanted to see the power of Jesus displayed. And was always saying, hey, if it's you, then help me walk on the water. If it's you, I'll defend you to the end. And he was always a man of action. And so, here's Peter. He's like, all of a sudden, this glimmer of hope. He heard the story from the women, and a glimmer of hope. Now, I'm going to back you up for just a minute if you haven't read this story, because if you remember the last thing that we know about Peter before this story, he had just denied Jesus. He had been confronted by a slave girl in a courtyard and said, you're one of those believers, aren't you? He said, nope, don't know him. She was like, no, surely, I, I, I think I've seen you with him. And he's like, woman, I don't know him. And after the third time, he actually said he called down a curse, which means he basically said, I'll be damned if I know Jesus. That was his last interaction with Jesus while Jesus was still alive. A lot of faith, huh? (laughs) Been there? Had stuff happen in your life where you say, if there's God, why is this happening? You're in good company. Peter was there. And I believe Peter probably thought everything he'd been following, everything he'd been hoping for, everything he had wanted was gone in that moment when Jesus died. And yet a glimmer of hope, a little thin stream of light began to shine in his darkness. And look what happened. He got up. Do you see those words? He didn't take a casual stroll, did he? Something lit him up. He got up and he ran to the tomb. If what they said, if it could just possibly be true, and he ran, he hauled to that tomb. And look what he did. I've got to see this for myself. If what you're saying is true, I've got to see it for myself. That's the purpose of church, too. Sometimes you've got to come and see it for yourself. You've heard what other people say. Maybe you've seen it on TV or you've heard all the bad press or whatever. But sometimes you just got to go see for yourself. Because secondhand experience is pretty bad sometimes. (laughs) Look what he saw. He saw the same thing that the lady saw. He stooped down and looked inside. He saw the linen cloths that were lying there by themselves. Now that's weird. They had wrapped Jesus in linen and yet it looked like the cloths were still laying there but no body. So they had the If there had been nothing there, then you could say, well, maybe they just stole him, or I got the wrong tomb. But they knew what it looked like, what he was wrapped in, and they saw it. And they saw that there wasn't a body there, and so it was a verification. The absence of the body was the proof that he was at the right spot. And look what he does. He doesn't fall on his knees and go, whoo, this is awesome, hallelujah. He just leaves and he's marveling to himself, how could this be? (laughs) What has happened? I see it, but I don't believe it. How does this work? You know what he needed? He needed to know and remember what Jesus had said as well. But we get stuck in that loop sometimes. And I want to encourage you, if you've been somebody that maybe you've believed and not believed, you've known people that have believed and then they don't believe, just know that sometimes that's just the journey that we're on. And it's okay to not believe all the time. And that can be mixed with faith, and then God shows up. And something happens. And a glimmer of hope comes. But I want to tell you take the advice of Peter. Go check it out for yourself. Check out the Bible for yourself. Not what somebody else says it is. You check it out for yourself. Start somewhere in the New Testament so you don't get so confused. Check it out for yourself. And this may sound a little bit cynical or critical, especially on a glorious day like this, but sometimes I get tired of hearing what other people say about a church that they've never been to. Why don't you go check it out for yourself? You'll find that there's some really great people there you'll find that there's some really incredible, wonderful, caring people there. And any place you go, there's going to be some people that aren't so cool (laughs) that you're not going to agree with. I mean, you go to work every day with those people, right? You love everybody at your work. Now, maybe you're self-employed. I get that. but You know? And yet, that doesn't keep you from going to work. You hear what something's going on in the church and don't judge them all the same. They're not all the same. Not all Christians are the same. You need to go check it out for yourself. So let me just tell you as we wrap this up, when it comes to Jesus, it's okay to be perplexed. It's okay to not get it. It's okay to wonder and to have these questions and and not to get it or to believe it. Sometimes it sounds like a big story. It really does. And even as a believer, after all these years, I read some of the stuff and I'm like, man. I mean, there's stuff in the Old Testament where somebody's been dead for years and somebody gets thrown on their bones and they come back to life. I don't understand that. That perplexes me. (laughs) There's stuff that God does that, that makes me wonder. But I go check it out for myself. And secondly, you need to look for Him among the living, not the dead. Maybe you grew up in this. Maybe you got pushed away from all this. Maybe you had relatives or a a former this or former that 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 made it hard on you. Can I tell you, God is not a God of dead religion. He's vibrant and incredibly kind and forgiving. Yes, He's holy. Yes, He's just. But He's also the God of the living. You're living. He wants to see your life change. He wants to see a great life for you. He wants to your life to be full and full of him, but it's not about all the stuff. It's not about just showing up. It's not about the numbers. It's not checking the box. That's dead. He wants to be a God, a living God for you. And number three, remember what he said. And maybe you're like, I have no idea what he said. Great, check it out for yourself. It's called the Bible. You can even Google it. That's the beauty of it. You can type into a search engine, what did Jesus say about football? Good luck, okay? (laughs) But look it up for yourself. Figure out what he said about whatever it is that you're dealing with. And if maybe you can't find it on Google, great, come to church, ask somebody. Ask a, a person that believes. Ask me, ask a pastor, ask somebody that can direct you so you can remember his words as well. Because I'll tell you a couple things he said about you, whether you ever remember this or not. He says he chose you before he even created the world. That's how big you are in his mind. He said that you are his craftsmanship, made for good works, and God doesn't make junk. Not only did he say, I won't leave you or forsake you, but he also said, I'm not going to leave you forever. I'm going to come back for you. He also said, I'll forgive you that I have enduring love, that I am always faithful. He also said, I made you victorious, and the only reason you need to be victorious is because you're going to fight some stuff. I've made you to be the head not the tail I've made you to be an overcomer these are just a few of the simple things that he says for you and wants you to know and yes it may sound like fairy tales and depending on what Christians you know and that's I'll just tell you I'm a Christian I'm a pastor but I look back and I think that some of the reason I didn't have any faith is that I knew Christians. I partied with them on the football team. And it's been one of the the biggest things that God has helped me remember. I grew up in a very small town of 3,000 people with people in that town People on every sports team that I played with that were, quote, Christians. And for the 17 years of my life that I was in school, I never had one person invite me to church. Not one. No one ever shared the story of Jesus Christ with me. And get this, and I love the man. I wish I could find him today. I had a football coach that was a pastor. And I still never heard about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And it may sound like fairy tales. It may sound too good to believe. Oh, sure, I just go to church and all my sin is undone. No, it's not that simple. (laughs) You just don't show up to a building. It's about starting a relationship. It's about choosing to believe God can forgive me no matter what I've done because I've been there. And it sounds too good to believe but I was like Peter, when I heard that message and it finally resonated with me, I ran to an altar and made a decision. And that wasn't the final decision, that was the first of many decisions that leads us on this path. But I challenge you, check it out like Peter did. If you think it sounds like fairy tales, check it out. Because you know what, sometimes they say it's, if it sounds too good to be true, In the case of Jesus Christ, it's true. (laughs) He did what he said he would do, and any man that can predict his own trial, his own death, and his own resurrection, and get it right, I'll follow that guy. When he knows the exact moment and the exact time, and he never lied and everything he said came true, that's the guy I wanna follow. But I have to check it out for myself. It needs to be my faith. It needs to be my decision. It needs to be me that says, hey, I want to do this for me. I'm not going to try to please somebody. It's not because of somebody else. It's not because of being pressured. I want to start that relationship for me. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. And I'm not going to put you on the spot. I know it's kind of weird coming to church. You don't know what to expect. And like I said, I'm going to be authentic this morning. Easter is a huge day for us as the church. We want to see new people come in and then sometimes we overdo it and we put you on the spot and you're like, that's exactly why I don't go to church. (laughs) So I'm telling you, I'm not doing that to you this morning. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I'm not going to make you do anything weird. You don't have to do any of that. But we are going to take some time to pray. So if you'd stand up with me this morning, This is how simple it can be. We're going to have a prayer up on the screen. I encourage you to pray with your eyes open as you read the words, or it's going to be a little weird to know how to follow along. You don't have to kneel, but if you want to, you can. You don't have to put your hands in front of you like this, but you can. (laughs) You don't have to use big words and flowery language, but you can. Or you can just believe by faith that what I say God understands from my heart. Because in all honesty, you can just mouth all those words and not believe it and absolutely nothing happens. Or you can say those words from your heart with nothing from your lips and your whole life can change. And this can be a day for you just like it was for Peter and the rest of them that Sunday, Resurrection Sunday changed everything. (laughs) So let's pray together. Here we go. Jesus, today, even if I am puzzled about what really happened, I choose to remember your words. You said that you would be handed over to sinful men, die on the cross, and rise again on the third day, and all of that came true. I choose to believe you, not because of others, not because I'm pressured, not because I understand all of the Bible, or want a religious experience, but if you can predict your own trial, death, and resurrection, then you are trustworthy. Because you came back when nobody expected you to come back, I make a choice today to follow you, trust, and have the hope of eternal life, because of my faith in you and your resurrection. Fill me with the same Holy Spirit that raised you from the dead so that I will remember your words. My life will change and I will share your story with the world.